Hello and welcome to another episode of Relationship Alive. This is your host, Neil Satin. Today we're going to tackle how to win any argument, how to come out on top in terms of any conflict that you might have. It's an important topic, especially in today's divided world and specifically in the ways that we can be driven apart from our partners by deep, seemingly unresolvable conflicts. So today I'm going to give you three important steps to win any argument, resolve the conflict, and get on with the business of living your life, hopefully in as joyous a way as possible and connected a way as possible. First, I just want to remind you that Relationship Alive is an offering from me to you to help you have the most successful, thriving relationships possible. If you are finding the show to be beneficial for yourself or for people that you care about, please consider a donation to support Relationship Alive and our mission. You can choose anything that feels right for you and every little bit truly does help. So to pick something that will feel good, just visit neilsatin.com slash support or you can text the word support to the number 33444 and follow the instructions. This week, I want to thank Kirti, Angie, Jules, Cynthia, Thomas, Deborah, Maribeth, Kent, Laura, Sarah, and another Neil. Thank you all so much for your generous and ongoing contributions to Relationship Alive. As you might expect, today we are going to be covering topics that really dive deep into how we communicate with others. So if you haven't grabbed it yet, please do download my free guide to my top three relationship communication secrets. These are the kinds of things that will help you stay connected no matter how challenging the topic is that you're talking about. So it's going to go right in hand in hand with um, what we're going to talk about on today's show. To download the free guide, just visit neilsatin.com slash relate or text the word relate to the number 33444 and follow the instructions. And finally, before we dive in, uh, just a reminder that we have a free group on Facebook, the Relationship Alive Community, where you can find more than 4,000 other people who listen to the show and who are there to have generative, supportive conversations about how to do relationships well, along with the, all, all the other parts that come along with relationships, breakups, heartache, dating, um, finding love, and all the parts in between. So uh, come talk to us, celebrate with us, commiserate with us, and uh, join the fun. Um, oh, one last thing. If there's something going on for you that you would like me to answer on the show, just email yourself talking about it to questions at relationshipalive.com. And uh, I will keep you anonymous and answer your question on the show. Um, if you don't feel comfortable talking, you can just write it down. 
Um, but hopefully you feel comfortable talking at least enough so that other people can hear your voice. I think it's it's a nice touch. Um, we've been able to do that a, a couple times in the show already, and uh, I am looking forward to your questions. All right, so let's dive in with the top three ways to win any argument. And I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I'm smiling a bit when I say win any argument because the reality is that winning an argument is actually not the goal. Now, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about this in a moment. Um, It's going to factor in more to tips number two and tip number three. Um, so let's just start with figuring out why this is important. Where is this coming from? As I mentioned at the top of the show, it feels like we're living in a world that's becoming more and more divided, more and more polarized. And this is also playing out even in our most intimate relationships because we can feel uh, paralyzed or like we can't act when we can't resolve simple things like... Who's going to initiate sex? Who's going to make sure there's dinner on the table? Who's going to wash the dishes? Uh, What are you going to do when you have a free night? Do you believe in wearing masks and social distancing or do you not? There are all of these ways, right, that we are constantly discovering that our own opinions about how something should be or ought to be, don't necessarily line up with the other people in our lives. And we can resolve to just yell at each other and not get anywhere. We can resolve to yell at each other until one or the other person gives up. Um, We can resolve to just never fight about anything. I don't think any of those solutions really get us anywhere. And I think this topic is really key and it's going to be even more key because uh, they say a divided house cannot stand. I think that's what they say. I can't remember who said it. And uh, actually, I'm going I'm to look it up right now. Okay. Gotta love the internet and also the ability to hit the pause button on my uh, recording software. So, uh, of course, like many good things, the the house divided against itself cannot stand. It does come from uh, the Bible, comes from the New Testament. Um, That's actually not what I was thinking of, though. So maybe we'll talk more about that aspect of it a little bit later. I was actually thinking of the uh, reference by Abraham Lincoln, uh, known as his house divided speech, which he gave when he had accepted the Republican Party nomination to be um, Illinois' U.S. uh, senator. Um, This was back in uh, 1858. So it's before the Civil War. And the greater context is um, that he was saying that he doesn't believe he didn't believe that uh, the government could endure if we didn't resolve the question of slavery. And of course, he wanted to abolish slavery. So um, he this was the rallying cry for the Republicans at the time to. take up the cause of um, abolition and um, emancipation. So uh, all super important um, 
aspects of our of the United States's history, and um, this I think that the same in many ways is true today. It feels like, at least in my experience, and this could just be because of the way that we're connected to each other these days through social media, where everything is on display. But it feels like um, there hasn't been a time in my experience that we've been more outwardly divided than we are now. And where people are saying some pretty scary shit, to be honest with you. Um, personally, I think that it's important for us to all learn how to get along with each other and take care of each other and not just on the national level, but, but I believe that that's crucial on the global level that we as humans really need to learn how to take care of each other and show up for each other and lift each other up. I believe that there is plenty in our world as long as we're all on the same side of the table figuring out how to make it work for all of us and what's challenging in arguments or conflict is how we so often end up on opposite sides of the table talking at each other um, fighting to win and not fighting for a common purpose. So I'm giving you hints as to where we're headed, but I wanted to let you know that that's where this is coming from. I feel like um, I've experienced this in relationships and now in marriages where the inability to resolve um, really deep um, disagreements led to the, the dissolution of what could have been a more perfect union. So let's all work together. And I'm going to teach you today some very important ways to do that, that are going to make a radical shift for you in terms of how you approach any conflict with anyone. Okay, so here's the first thing, the tip number one, the thing that you have to realize is that for the most part, people believe what they are telling you. And in many respects, they believe it passionately. Now, sure, some of us are a little bit more laid back, a little bit more easygoing, and it can happen that if you're an easygoing person and you're in a relationship with someone who's super convinced of their viewpoint, then you could find yourself yielding over and over and over again and just letting things go because to you, it's not as big a deal. But in the end, that is a surefire way to build resentment. And that resentment over time will undermine the fabric of your relationship. So let's not let go of our viewpoint because we are going to let go of who we are and what we feel is important in the world. And at the same time, let's recognize firmly that when someone else is telling you something, they probably believe that with every ounce of their heart, being, soul, just like you do, especially about the things that you feel passionate about, that you feel are important. 
so without that recognition, there's no possible way to resolve conflict because you'll be focused on the wrong thing. Now, what do you do if what the other person believes is based on something that you know for sure to be wrong, to be incorrect? Well, this is a really good question. First question that I have for you under those circumstances is how do you know? Can you be absolutely sure that what you believe is 100% correct or 100% the truth or 100% the way it is? Could be that that's true. I mean, it's possible. And maybe what you believe is 95% true and 5% not true. So it gets challenging when the other person believes something that you think might be 10% true and 90% a crock of shit, right? So what do you do in those circumstances? Well, first, you want to recognize that that person believes fully what they're telling you or, and this is important, they might not believe what they're telling you 100%, but they believe in the underlying reasons why they are telling you what they are telling you. So they might be 100% invested in their truth, but generally that investment isn't so much about that specific truth, it's about what lies underneath it. So can you literally hear first what the other person is saying? Can you acknowledge within yourself that what they're saying to them is probably pretty close to 100% true, 100% something they believe in? And can you ask yourself, why do they believe in this so much? Why is this so important to them? And then rather than just telling yourself the story over and over again, can you check in with them? Can you check in with them about your assumptions, about why it is that they are so convinced of whatever it is they're telling you? Or why it is that their point of view is so important to them? Can you get to the core of what really matters to them? Now, you might ask them a question like, okay, okay, I see that this is, I'm pretty sure this is how you feel about this thing, right? And make sure you're hearing them correctly. You know, if you get a wrong, actually you totally missed it, then you need more information to figure out what it is they're actually saying. But once you know what they're saying, then you say, can we go a little bit deeper? Could you tell me a little bit more about why this is important to you? Or I, I, have, a, I have a story about why I think you are saying what you're saying. Can I check in with you about it and see if that's true? Now, that can be pretty risky, especially if it's someone you don't know. If it's someone you don't know very well, then your best, your safest bet is to just is to not lead with your assumptions. It's to lead by asking them, 
can you tell me more about what what's so important to you here? What are the underlying principles that you live and die by? And then you might even get at why are those principles important to you? If it's your personal freedom that's important to you, for instance, if it's not wanting to be accountable to anyone else, I don't want to tell you where I was while I was out. You're not my mother, right? If someone doesn't want to be accountable to you, then what, what's, what's underneath that? Okay, it sounds like you don't want to be accountable to me. Um, and I'm, I'm not asking you because I want you to be accountable to me. I'm asking you because I'm curious or I'm asking you because I'm scared. So I'm wondering if you can tell me a little bit more about why it's so hard for you to answer my questions. Because I want to know more about you. So step one is all about understanding the other person. Now, this is something that I go deep, deep, deep into in um, my Secrets of Relationship Communication course. Uh, the course is about three and a half hours of instruction to help you communicate better, um, to help you understand and be understood. And um, it's a masterclass in the things that I'm talking about in today's uh, episode. Um, the course, as um, as of now, is still in beta, but because we're all um, in such close quarters with our loved ones and because things are getting heated in our public spaces, I reopened the beta for now. Um, and if you're hearing this after the beta has ended, then um, that's that's good. That means the course, the final version is out. And uh, if you sign up for the beta of the course, you'll also get the final version when it's ready. And if you want to know more about it, just visit neilsatin.com slash course, C-O-U- R-S-E. Um, there. Um, so step one is all about finding out what's going on with the other person and checking your assumptions um, to see if you can dig a little bit deeper and figure out what's important to them, what's important to them on the deepest level. Okay. Step number two in how to win any argument. Dun, dun, dun. Step number two is that you recognize that there is actually a cost to winning. You know how it feels when someone else won't let something go and so you just give in to them? Or where you realize that you were wrong about something, if that has ever happened to you, and that resulting feeling of... Uh, shame or remorse that you might have, or even just feeling a little sad or depressed or angry or whatever it is, the feeling of losing is what I'm talking about. That, that feeling is what we give another person by winning. Most of the time, other people are not happy when you win, even if you win fair and square. It sucks for them. And so any attempt at conversation, communication, discourse, conflict that doesn't acknowledge that there's a real cost to the other person of losing is almost guaranteed to fail, 
even if you win the battle, you may lose the war, so to speak. And for that matter, war is a perfect example of this, where um, we celebrate the victories of war, right? But they're true cost to war. And without um, changing the way that we look at conflict on the global scale, then we're missing the opportunities to actually learn the lessons from conflict. Because it's not about winning and losing. It's actually not about good versus evil, as much as that seems obvious in some cases. In the end, it's about people. It's about looking for the good in people, and it's about helping elevate other people when they make mistakes, which people often do. I make mistakes. I'm sure you've made mistakes. I'm sure your parents made mistakes. And if you're a parent, you will probably make mistakes with your kids and your kids will probably make mistakes. So mistakes are happening all around. Teachers make mistakes. Presidents make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. I'm remembering the Sesame Street song. Big people, small people, as a matter of fact, all people. Everyone makes mistakes. So if someone else's mistake leads us to war, either literally or figuratively, then what can we do to help people atone and restore themselves in the face of a loss? Well, I've kind of gotten off topic here because I don't think we're going to create world peace in today's conversation, but these are the seeds of world peace in our relationships. And it starts by recognizing that the goal here is not to win. The goal here is not to win. The goal is to restore the humanity of everyone involved and to create understanding. So you need to ask yourself the question of how do you get to a place of resolution where the other person still gets to feel like their needs are being met or where their deepest concerns are being heard and honored. That is the quest that we are, we are on as much as it can feel good on some level to win. If we actually make that our goal, in the end, we lose. And especially with our partners or people that we're trying to have relationships with. If we win at the expense of someone else's loss, then we're creating damage and that damage can last. So by getting out from that sense of being on opposite sides of the table and coming around to the same side of the table, you get that much closer to how you're actually going to win any conflict. And that brings us to the third step. But before we talk about the third step, I just want to take a quick break so that you can hear about this episode's sponsor. And then I'll give you that third and perhaps most crucial element to winning any argument. 
So along with the beliefs that I'm sharing with you here on the Relationship Alive podcast, I also believe that performance matters. Do we do what we say we're going to do? And if we don't, can we make up for that in some way? Now, that's the process of making mistakes and then having a redo and repairing in human relationships. But there are places where performance is not a place that you want to compromise. So for me, it's key that I use more natural products in my life. I like to use products that don't have a lot of additives, a lot of chemicals, synthetic ingredients, but they still have to perform well. They still have to do their job, which for my deodorant is to keep me smelling fresh all day. So that's a reason why I'd like to recommend that you check out Native. Native deodorant doesn't just block odor better, it's made better. They use ingredients that you've heard of like coconut oil, shea butter, tapioca starch, and it's also vegan and never tested on animals. Native never uses ingredients like aluminum or parabens or sulfates or talc. And with over 10 different scents, including a rotating cast of seasonal aromas, uh, they have something for everyone. Their most popular classic scents are coconut and vanilla, lavender and rose, cucumber and mint, citrus and herbal, and if you've heard me talk about them before, you know that my favorite is actually the unscented variety. Now, don't get me wrong. I actually really like some of the other scents. But for me, I just want to not smell like anything. And even after a long day and night, Native is still doing its job for me, helping me not smell like anything in particular. It's risk-free to try because every product they sell comes with free shipping within the U.S. and free 30-day returns and exchanges. So how about seeing why so many people, including me, love Native and making the switch to Native today by going to nativedo.com slash alive or using the promo code alive at checkout to get 20% off your first order. That's nativedo the word native and then D-E-O dot com slash alive or use the promo code alive at checkout for 20% off your first order. And I just want to say that smelling good is a subtle but often important way to help you stay connected when things get heated with your partner. Because when things get heated, we can sweat a lot, we can smell a lot, and then it's really hard to be around each other. Anyway, thank you so much, Native, for your support of Relationship Alive and our mission to have successful, thriving, sweet-smelling relationships. Okay, last but not, not least, we have important tip strategy number three for how to win any argument. And I started to give, to give this away a little bit before. The way that you win any conflict is by changing the goal. Your goal, simply put, 
is to get to a place of common understanding where you understand each other, where you understand each other's goals, each other's beliefs, each other's motivations, and each other's needs, and where you get to figure out together how you can get what you both need on the deepest level together, how you can collaborate toward that solution. In your mind's eye, it is imagining yourself being on the same side of the table as the other person looking out over the landscape of whatever it is you're trying to talk about and being an investigator, looking for clues of ways that at the deepest level, you can both have what you want to have. On the surface level, you still may be in conflict with each other. Or you may find that the surface level doesn't matter so much anymore. I can't predict exactly what the outcome will be. But I can tell you that if you are able to look at any conflict, figure out what the deeper needs are and have a conversation about that and how you each get your deeper needs met, then you are in a place of being able to strengthen the connection between you and that other person, no matter how wide you feel the gap between the two of you is. I've seen this work time and again with clients that I've worked with where they are in conflict that seems insurmountable, unbridgeable, and yet I've seen them able to come to the same side of the table, look at the, at the problem they're facing from a shared perspective, and come up with some creative ideas of how to address the problem from that place. Because when we're polarized against each other, we are missing often those deeper goals. And often those deeper goals are things that we share. Or if we don't share them, they're at least things that we empathize with and feel compassionate about and are happy to give each other. So when you can find those deeper things and you can work on a solution together, by staying in the question, the question of how do we solve this so that we both get to get to meet our needs, posing each other that question and being willing to also say, well, that sounds good, except for this, that and the other thing, the ways that it doesn't quite work. What do you think about that? Are there ways that we can address those things, too? All right, I have to level with you. You may not find a resolution for every conflict. But if you follow these three steps, you are going to increase your chances by a lot of getting to the other side with some creative solutions where everyone gets to be happy. Or if not happy, you at least don't have to feel miserable, like you lost like you gave up, like you resent the other person, or like even though you win, there is now a huge divide between you and someone else. So again, the steps are number one, remembering that people believe in what they tell you. So make it your mission to understand fully what they're telling you. What are they literally telling you? And then go deeper, get at the why, get at what's important to them. Remember that they are rooted in their perspective for reasons 
What are those reasons? Find them out. It's your mission. Um, second, recognize that there is a cost to winning. And that if you are focused on winning, you will most likely have to pay that cost in damage to your relationship with the other person. So make it your goal to find a solution that honors the other person as well as yourself. And yeah, I don't want us to lose sight of that. We want you to be honored as well. So that's one last thing that I'm going to add to step number three. Um, we took a break to talk about native deodorant. And then step number three is to change your goal to creating common understanding and a common solution that addresses both of your needs. Now, here's the important step. And this is why one reason why this sometimes doesn't work. You have to get the other person interested in your perspective too and in your goals too. Now, it may be that you can never be candid about what your needs and goals are and you could still strategize your way to a solution that meets them without the other person ever knowing that's possible however it can feel a lot more collaborative and the other person can offer solutions that address your needs if you're able to share your needs with them now typically you only get there by first hearing and understanding the other person and then there's an important moment or moments in any uh, dialogue where you want to invite the other person to hear your side. So before you lay it on them, take a moment and ask them, would you be willing now, now that hopefully you feel like I've really heard you and understand you, would you be willing to hear my perspective? Would you be willing to help me understand my underlying motivations? Would you be willing to be curious about me, curious enough to help me dig deep and figure out what's truly important to me so that we can be together looking at what's truly important to you, what's truly important to me, and how we solve this equation so that we both come out ahead? I've seen it work over and over again, but don't take my word for it. Try it out, put it into practice, and let me know how it goes. You can email me. My email address is neilius, N-E-I-L-I-U-S, at neilsatin.com. And remember, if you have a question that you would like to me to answer for the podcast, email that to questions at relationshipalive.com. And meanwhile, take care, tell me how things are going, and I will see you next week with a brand new episode of Relationship Alive. In the meantime, take care.